Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Andy Staple Show and we are on the clock. Ari Wasserman. Or we're going to talk about the clock. But we're also on the clock. It's interesting. We actually had this discussion in our podcast conference call, our production meeting last week. You weren't there because you, you know, you're the brain, the, 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 the star of the show, the, the talent. So that, we don't yeah. need, you don't need to be bogged down with the, with the gory details. But it was interesting because we had a discussion about how to streamline shows and make them more kind of singularly focused and how do we do do we want to put out more episodes that are more singularly focused or do we want to put out more sprawling episodes and i thought about that today as i was engaging on twitter with some folks about the clock rules uh ross dellinger from si.com put out a story today and this is something we've talked about a lot over the past i'd say year and two months because this has been pretty telegraphed by the people who run the sport that this is going to happen. But Ross said in the next few weeks, there will be votes on potential clock rule changes in college football that could, could make it look more like the NFL. Like there, there's stuff that's definitely going to pass. And that's like, you can't do two consecutive timeouts to ice the kicker. And you're not going to have an untimed down at the end of the first quarter or the second quarter, or I said at the end of the first quarter or the third quarter, because you can just roll those into the, the second and fourth quarters. But if there's a penalty on the final play, you mean? Right, exactly. You, now, you, at the end of the half and end of the game, you would have the untimed down, but you don't need to do that because you just start the next quarter and run right. the play. So those are going to pass. What is up for debate, and I think, but I think will ultimately pass, if not this year, then next, is after an incomplete pass, ball gets spotted, clock runs. And after first down, instead of, Stopping the clock to move the chains, clock runs, except in the final two minutes. So that sounds a lot more like the NFL. And I I don't care how long games are. It's never bothered me one way or the other. And so I, I don't really have strong opinions on this topic. But I, I, I mentioned it on Twitter, and holy cow, people have very strong opinions both ways on this thing. Like, you've got your people who are like, this will ruin college football. I think those people are just complainers, but there are other people who like, no, 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 that's part of the character of the sport. The the clock stopping after the first down is part of the deal. It allows these offenses to be a little more creative and do a little bit different things. And then you've got the other group that says, okay, bring it on because I want the game to end at three hours and five minutes or three hours and 10 minutes. I don't, I don't understand so I can the move people, on with my life. first of all, and I don't know that I feel particularly strongly one way or the other on this. Yeah. But the one thing that I don't understand is why do people want the games to be shorter? Like, I love college football. Well, I want and, them to and be that's, longer. That's what was interesting to me because I've never cared about that. But the difference between you and me and other people is we do get paid to do this. 
It is our job. We're going to watch it no matter what. But I, I had some people give me good explanations about why they care. And I, the one that, that really stuck out to me as, as the, the sounding the most logical was, let's say your favorite team has a game that is slated to kick off at 3.30. Noon game goes four hours. Your game gets punted to ESPN News or the app and doesn't start on on the channel it's supposed to start on when it's supposed to start. And that that bothers people. I, like, I get why that would bother me if I was a fan of one team and I wanted to watch my team and I don't want to go hunting for wherever they are on an app. I want to, I want to go to the channel I was told it was going to be on and there it is. So I get that. Yeah, I mean, that's it doesn't happen often and when it does, it's not that big of a deal to me. I don't know. I you find it. You you'll find it. And you know, I mean, I don't know. Like to change the rules of the game, then maybe just have well, that's not that's not exactly why. Okay, they're saying that they're changing it. And look, Greg Sankey from the SEC has said this. Jim Phillips from the ACC has said this. They're saying they're doing it to reduce exposures. So you yeah. take well, plays out sense. of the game. Yeah. Because you're adding you're adding games with the CFP, like they've decided to add games. So, listen, if, part, if it's a safety thing, then you have to just understand that. I think that's like part of the world we're living, in. we want to protect them, right? We want to protect the people who are playing it. The question I have is that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but I wonder what the data would be on how many less plays there would be. Well, like, are we talking like twenty five? So Ross's story said the 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 one with the not stopping the clock after first downs would only remove like seven to nine plays per game. The incomplete pass one would absolutely remove probably twenty more. Yeah, so like the only way you can spike the football would be in the final two minutes because no one ever spikes it to begin with, right? Exactly. Outside of that time zone, right? Right. But um, also to the last second drives that you get from moving the chains um, would be harder to pull off. Right. And like part of the integrity of the, of the game of college football is being able to watch a team with no timeouts and a minute right. left go down yeah. the field. If they get first downs. Now the, the NFL solution to that is a two minute warning. They give you an, a free timeout to use as you will, if you can. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't, the, I, I, I would be more inclined to start the clock after the first downs. Mm-hmm. But like the incomplete pass thing is just like football. Well, but the NFL, as soon as the ball is set, they're rolling, running the clock, except in the last two minutes. Does it not seem like football when you're watching yeah, it there? No, I know. I guess so. so I, I don't even know if I, I really even put that together. So um, here, here's the thing for me. And this is, this is something that, that people were, were mentioning on Twitter that I had not really thought. Cause the cynic in me says they're doing this so they can make sure they have all the same commercials, but they're taking away some football. But they're they're having predictable windows for TV so that the TV partners are happy. All the advertisers get the same amount of time they always had, and we get less football. The question is, are we actually getting less football or are we getting less standing around? Well, if you reduce plays, you're getting less football. Okay. Then you're then you're getting less football, and then you should be mad about that if you want more football. And now, it, and you would think conventional wisdom would be the longer the game is, the more likely there would be more commercials. But that's not the way it works. You want predictability on on yeah. When they're going to have the same number of commercials one way or the other. So yeah, it's like speed up the game, but also the timeouts are longer, so they have more commercials. Yeah, I I think 
you know, the, the predictability of the NFL windows is interesting because I, it is very predictable on Sundays. Like when a game goes, when a game that started at one is still on at four thirty or four twenty five because it went to overtime or something, it feels very weird. But in college football, a game that but isn't there at a noon, larger gap between the morning games and the afternoon games in the NFL than the gaps that you have between the college games? No, there's a, there's a short. I thought there gap. was like a forty five minute gap between when most no. games end and when the new ones start. No, they start at one one fifteen four and four fifteen. Yeah. So in college, now I, college is different because ESPN twelve thirty and three thirty. Twelve and three or twelve and three thirty. Yeah, right. ESPN window does windows differently than Fox does windows. Like Fox has that big noon Saturday game. Their next window for the game is at four, so they rarely miss that kickoff on Big Fox. Like they have a studio show booked in between. If the game runs long, they don't they don't do the studio show. They just kick it to the next game. But usually they have some time to go back to the studio and and yeah, they give you highlights of their games. So. That's a solution that also works, but I think they, they've already decided they're going to do this. This is something they horse traded to get the 12-team playoff, and it's going to happen one way or the other. But I, I thought it was really interesting at how passionate people were on both sides of it. But when in I, college when, football, there are a lot of games where a team scores a go-ahead touchdown with a minute and six seconds left. Mm-hmm. And if you have no timeouts, like I even I think I covered an AM game this year where Jimbo Fisher said no timeouts in a minute and a half in college football is an eternity. It's plenty of time to get um, down the field. Or now, at least, at least happens, to get the field goal range. It's it's much, much harder. So like yeah. those last I think the biggest thing about this, more so than anything, isn't how many total plays are run. Well, it's but about remember the timing rules the would drama. be the same in the final two minutes as they are now. So in the final two minutes, they're gonna re-pick up the way it is? Yeah. Then I, I think it's fine. You don't mind? I don't mind it, no. See, that that's the thing. And that's what I'm trying to gauge. As long is, as it doesn't take away from late game drama, which is what we all live for. Right. Right. Um, I, and well, like, will like, you really notice I, the nine plays that you don't get? It used to drive me crazy when the NBA guys could call timeout on the baseline and then they would inbound from half court. Like it's the, the ball magically moved because you called timeout. Like, why? that's not right. But then I realized, you know what? It makes the game more interesting. It provides more drama at the end of the game. That's yeah. why they do it. So, yeah. um, I, I think like, I, I do think, think if that this, you, if, if you took that away, but yeah, in the last two minutes, if you wanted to do it where the clock just keeps running, that would suck. That would be terrible. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you do it under the guise of player safety, it's hard to get wound up about it. Right. And and listen, I am a pretty cynical person. And I don't think they're doing it completely for player safety. I think they are doing it because it makes the TV partners happy. It makes the advertisers happy. It it's also allows, coinc- it's like happening at the same time as expansion. Right. Where TV revenue and the big new TV mm-hmm. deals are happening at the same time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to dress it up for me. Like that's not if you want to say it's because we want our TV partners want more predictable windows. Okay, whatever. Just be honest about it. I just I I still can't get that fired up about it as long as you can stop the clock in the last two minutes and you can you can come. Yeah, you know what the thing is more than anything, Andy, to me anyway, is that and and me and you have both made fun of people who are traditionalists who don't want to Mm -hmm. change things. Right. 
Right. Like I think it's hilarious when college football fans get mad about alternate uniforms or, you know, you know, the traditions of the way things used to go in the 50s. It's like I understand there are certain programs that are more built off those things than others. But the amount of change that is continually happening in this sport all at once, like what were we just talking about that that uh, onside kick rule on Sunday yes. night when we recorded, mm-hmm. you know, that's not happening, uh, you know, yet. But um, oh, there's a chance that could happen. That if could that, happen. If, if the if the XFL you know, shows that that works, I wouldn't be shocked because the NFL has brought that one up. They they didn't they didn't adopt it, but they've heavily considered it. So, but that's another. How one. much change can you sustain to your sport in a small amount of time? I think conferences it, I, are changing, NILs yeah. happening, the playoffs expanding, the clock is changing. Like at a certain point, people like I do think that there is such thing as tinkering with something too much. Yes. And so we're going to find out. We're going to find out because all you have to do is if if only we had a way to measure how many people watch the game. Oh, wait, we do. So, well, I think that no matter what, everybody's going to watch it. It doesn't mean that it's it's no, no, no. that's the only thing that matters. Like, that's what matters. If people stop watching it, you have a problem. If people continue to watch it or but what would they have to do to college football to get people to stop watching it? Like, that's so absurd. Like everybody is so locked into this now that they're, I mean, everybody's going to watch it still. Like, I, don't I don't think anybody's going to so. be like, you know what? They changed the clock rules. I'm not going to watch this anymore. Well, That's not what had, I had some people say they would stop watching because they changed. Well, the clock everybody rules who my, says my, they're going to unsubscribe. They, they're liars. Stop, I know they're lying. I know. They're liars. Yeah. I, but the, <laughs> didn't they say there were a lot of people who said they were going to stop watching the NBA a few years ago for yep. political reasons. And didn't right. the following NBA finals have the watch, highest. Right. Those people didn't watch the NBA in the first place. And then the, the ones final, who said they were going to stop NBA finals that came right after it had the highest ratings in the history of the NBA. Yeah. My personal favorite is when I get the the tweet from somebody who says, well, this is why I stopped watching college football. And I click on their timeline and it's all college football tweets that you couldn't possibly know any of this stuff if you didn't watch but it. But you have to acknowledge the fact that we will still watch it, uh, even if it's a slightly worse product. Like there Ari, is the only, a, No, the only reason, the only thing they care about is whether you watch it or not. I, yeah. I don't know how... To explain this any more clearly. But we're not talking about whether or not they should do it or will do it. I'm talking as two college football fans, as college football how fans. Much, yeah, how, how much, much how change much can you possibly endure before it starts to annoy you? Well, here's the thing. If you're going to do these big changes, do them all at once. Don't do them in drips yeah. and drabs. Like, like, it wouldn't shock me if they said this time around, we're not going to change those clock rules for 2023. But we're going to change it for 2024. Yeah. And then it's all at once. It's just ripped the bandaid off. It's just like you come to love something. And there is an inherent thought process that I have too at times. And we make fun of people who are like, don't change anything. I want it to be the same as it's always yeah. been. Like, I understand that that's also like being afraid of change is also bad. But I am getting to the point of change fatigue. Personally. Well, right. You you don't want something to be changed every every single time. It's my favorite if thing in the entire needs world. To change then then the thing's not that good. What's the best thing in the entire world? Fried chicken. If you removed college football or fried chicken from the globe, which one would you pick? I still want college football. I I could always eat pizza. <laughs> I don't think there's anything on earth outside of my family that I would remove from this earth before college football, or I mean after college football. Right. Wait before. After college football. That's a personal choice, Sorry, I can't help no, you. No, I'm, I'm saying like I think that I, that would be the thing that I would preserve before anything. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. 
Yeah. And the good thing is it's not going anywhere. It's still a very popular thing. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. And the people that are changing it, though, don't love it the way that we love it. They like getting rich more. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. And I like it. I would like to get rich, too. No, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But like, well, but I will I will push back a little bit because I used to be one of those people that's like, well, why would you want it to be like the NFL? That's the NFL is terrible, blah, blah, blah. As someone who's watched a lot more NFL over the last few years, because I have a child who's very into the NFL. The NFL is a very popular product for a reason. And know, part of the charm of college football is it's it's um, what quirks. It's yes. differences. And it's and it's quirks and differences remain because here's why you can't make college football exactly like the NFL. You'd have to make 95% of the players a whole lot better. And you yeah. can't. So yeah. that's not going to happen. They're more evenly talented in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. I don't know like if you could ever do anything to college football to remove the grab ass. But I do think the grab ass is the best part of the sport. <laughs> I know. I know. I just like at a certain point I'm get I get queasy of like yeah. just quit tinkering with it. So well, like I have I have this investment portfolio that I've been uh-huh. working on for the past 10 years. And I was like looking and talking to my buddy about it the other day. And like, I'm feeling pretty good about where I'm at and whatever, but like I tend to sell the crap at the bottom and like reorganize it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my friend and he got, and I said, so what do you think of the, of the balances that I have here? Or like what, like what I've invested in? And he goes, you know what? Yeah. I think you're doing an awesome job. You're, you know, in high quality index funds or whatever, but he goes, you know what you need to stop doing? You need to stop tinkering with it because all the tinkering that you're doing is going to ruin your gains for the long term. And like I thought to myself, like that kind of made me feel a little bit college football-y, you know, mm-hmm. like of like quit, quit effing with it and just let it be perfect already. Like it's like it's enough because the the changes that we've already made, like the, yep. the clock change well, in comparison the, to NIL the, is nothing. The, the clock rules have changed before. The clock rules changed in 2006. Everybody hated those changes, and so they changed it back. But then they went back in 2008 and created the 40-second the play clock, 25-second clock. And you know what that did? Changed the sport in ways no one had any clue would happen. Yeah. The Chip Kelly blur offense happened because of the clock rule change. Like It fundamentally changed the way people play offense in college football, yeah. which fundamentally changed the way people play defense in college football. So... This has all happened before, and if it's if, if people hate it enough, they'll change it back. Like that's the the, the change they made. No eight people actually didn't hate. They're like, ooh, this added a, a cool, kind of cool element that we weren't expecting to the game. The changes in 06, they were like, this sucks. Please change it back, and they did. Yeah, yeah, and, and like like I was just gonna say though before that, Andy, like the biggest possible change we could have made to the sport has already happened. Like the compensation packages yep. that are available now is a, the biggest fundamental shift in the sport that you could possibly create. Yep. So like this seems rather insignificant in the grand scheme of the health of the sport. But I just feel like every two months we're talking about it's something else changing and thing. I'm just getting fatigued by it. Maybe yeah. maybe, maybe they should kind of had a, have a moratorium. Like say do all your changes for 2024. And just and give just it a say, five-year period to let it yeah, run. Yeah. For the next, and <laughs> conveniently enough, five years is about right because that's when those next TV, the next TV deals have to get negotiated in yeah. like 2029. So it would be funny too if like it was like every time there's new open negotiations for television contracts, we start fiddling with it. Yeah. Yeah. Conveniently enough. But I that might be the way to do it. Just have whether it's a gentleman's agreement to have a moratorium or just a moratorium. 
Like an alliance, five years. I think is the word I would use. No, I would never <laughs> use that word. <laughs> never again will we use that word in college football. But yeah, I ha, let's have a five year moratorium and let's just let's just do it like that because I think I think you're right. I, I do think people are getting a little unnerved by. All right, now we're going to change this. 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 So do all your big changes in 2024. Like, again, vote on it this year and be like, oh, we couldn't come to an agreement. And the next year, magically, you come to an agreement. And so the new, basically the new sport happens in 2024. And then don't change anything again until conference realignment happens again in 2029. It reminds me of The Bachelor. <laughs> but I do How love is that, it like the ba- the bachelor. Oh yeah, please, well, the bachelor please is like on like season twenty five. Yes, and they keep like trying to change stuff to make it better. watchable, but it's becoming more unwatchable. And mm. I still watch it because I'm a psychopath, and my wife likes it. Are there I'm- bachelor purists that are like it needs to be like it was in season one? Damn it. Dude, it's like I Chris Vanini and Dave Ubbin were at my house on, on Saturday and we were talking about how popular wrestling is. Mm-hmm. Cause like I have no exposure whatsoever to wrestling and, and like Vanini how, loves it. And yeah. Vanini loves it, and I guess Dave liked it, liked it or likes it, but doesn't have time to watch five hours a week of it, like you have to to keep up with it. But there is an insane following of that, right? Absolutely. And, like, and if you're not in that world, you might not realize it. But I think like Monday Night Raw is one of the highest rated television shows in all of TV. Yes. Um, The Bachelor has a crazy following. Like there's podcasts oh, yeah. and books. It's, and it, it's probably big. I mean, in terms of rating, it's bigger. It's on a, it's on a network. So. And people like read about it. Like all, like they'll, they'll watch the show and they'll read the books and listen to the podcast. I'm not like that. I just like the show because I find it entertaining. But as I watch it season by season, it's getting considerably worse over the years and like to the point now where some people are starting to drop off and it's kind of like just quit fiddling with it and just let it what be is, what, it what always is the change to the bachelor that has bothered you the most Ari? well last season they had two at the same time and i thought that was bizarre okay, like you're still, there was like two women it was the bachelorette and there was two women that were the main character at the same time oh and i thought that was kind of weird oh so you know? so you it, it wasn't the Bachelorette. It was the Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're trying. They're trying to to come up with new ways to spice it up. And really, what they're doing is just making it worse. You know. And I know that people are listening to this and oh, this guy, this loser, likes the Bachelor. Fair. You know. Hand hand to it's God, a, I get I, it. I, I actually but think like, it's a good. It's a good analogy. Now, do you feel like college football has been made worse? I don't, but I think there are people who do. Okay. Are there people who, no matter what you do, will complain? Yes. And do you need to worry about what they think? Um, I think people would complain if they made no changes. So there's always a complaint. <laughs> right. And I think that's but, that's where we get a little bit off track with the social media stuff. And, you know, the the bulk of the college football audience is never going to tweet at us is never going to send a question into the mailbag, probably isn't ever going to listen or watch this podcast. Like, they're going to watch games mm-hmm. on Saturdays in the fall, and that's it. And as long as you tell them where their game is mm-hmm. and when they can find it, that's See, that's I, I, str- I struggle with the Twitter theory, and I want you to walk me through this. But if 
there are people, and you know we have in our mentions, like some people are more rational than others. Yeah. But I wonder if 1% of college football fans are on Twitter interacting. That means there's 99% of the fan bases out there, the college football fan base out there into the abyss that we'll never hear from. I think but, I think it's more than that on Twitter, but it's not a so ton let's just more say five percent. That's yeah, that's good. Of the five percent, let's say one percent is just nuts. Yeah. Of the one percent of that five percent, how does that project to the other ninety-five that doesn't say anything? Like that's the thing. Like I that's, don't know. That's like, the hard. That's the hardest part because we don't know and. You know, we like we did the playoff expansion survey at at the athletic. And I think I want to say it was something like 83%. This is, you know, when it was a 14 playoff, 83% favorite expansion. And we had, I want to say, what was it? Three, like 3,700 or 3,900 responses. But those. But if you extrapolated that out to 3.9 million, do you think it would still be 8327? That's the thing. Or that's 17? what I'm trying to figure out cuz those, yeah. those people I would characterize as hardcore fans. Yeah. So and like do hardcore fans have a more qualified opinion than the people who are casuals? Right. And and the thing about the casuals and and I realize that there's, you know, like Josh Pate always talks about the, the casuals on his podcast. But the casuals make the 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 sport go round. Like the casuals pay the bills. And the idea is actually to get more casuals. And I know people who are hardcore fans, which is, and it's, I understand that people, the audience for this podcast is all hardcore fans. And they're like, well, uh, why would you cater to the casual fan? You would cater to the casual fan because. Because they're the decimal points on the viewership. Yeah. Numbers. They're yeah. the ones that make it, like, they're the ones who add commas. And, and I'm not just sucking up to the people who listen to this, though, Andy. I would much rather listen to the opinion of a hardcore fan than a casual fan. I would, fan. too. Well, and, and, the, and it's a more informed opinion, and and but it it also, I I'm not sure that that group cares that much about these minute things that we care about. Some might not even notice. Right, right. Would, would they be like, oh, that that game seemed quick? But I feel right. like the hardcore fans, that five percent that we're talking about, should be the gatekeepers to the opinions that matter. Because the casual fans are going to show up either way. So, like, if the the hardcores don't like something, then the odds are that the casuals yeah. probably and, wouldn't. And, either. But I but I think it has to be it has to be a situation where they they're overwhelmingly in favor or overwhelmingly against something. And like this clock rules thing, I can tell you right now, it, there's no consensus. Like half and and, and it's interesting because people who are equally devoted to the sport care one way or the other for very different reasons. And that's what it's it's so strange to me because I have strong opinions about almost everything involving college football. I don't on this. And it's yeah, weird I to don't see really everybody feel else has such strong about opinions about it. Yeah, well, the thing that I want to know, too, it's like even when you go back, and I think that these polls are interesting that we do at The Athletic, but I also think that people vote in a way that would be most beneficial for their favorite team. So it's yeah, not oh yeah. even necessarily their actual opinion. It's more so which one of these How things or these responses team. makes yeah. my team more competitive. So like when you look at 83% of the people who voted in favor of the college football playoff expansion, I would probably say that most of those 83% are people who root for teams like Penn State right. or who Texas would get, right. or who would, would get, get more in. access. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's what's great for the sport. It means that's what's great for their favorite team. So like but I don't if, know if like more that's people the, are happy with the sport isn't that good for the yeah, sport? Yeah. So I guess that's and 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 I guess that's what 
that's what it, you know, is that's why the change is happening. And that's why, you know, more people are going to watch and the television dollars are racking in. I mean, they're catering to people to feel more included. And I understand that. But if you are a Alabama fan or a Georgia fan now, the expansion of the playoff might not be as attractive to you as if you're a Pitt fan. Yeah, they're and just like more, more, more people's butts to kick. But like also, too, if you think about it, like if there are 100 million or like, let's just yeah. for the sake of bad math podcast, let's We're just do a math, percentage. Yes. Of all the college football fans out there who just watch football and enjoy it. Yes. How many of those fans? So 100% is everybody. Yeah. Of that 100%, how many of them root for a blue blood, do you think? Are we defining blue blood as like a perennial top 25 type team? Or how, how are you defining? How about let, I rechange the name to blue blood to uh, current dominate program. Let's just say Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. And um, uh, what percentage of... of- yeah, it's like, that's, is it like that's probably 20% or 5%? Okay. 5 to 10% probably. Now, look, if you if you stretch it out a little further and you've got Michigan in there and you've got Texas in there and, and programs like that, then then we're getting into like 35, 40%. But you do have you do have a lot of teams that have major size numbers. Uh, yes. Major size, major numbers of fans yeah. Yeah. that would stand to benefit greatly. Yes. From the expansion Wait, of playoffs. Penn State, I think Penn State you, you is the perfect Penn State example. has a massive fan massive base. Fan base. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in that fan base that want James Franklin and their team to get in as the eight seed. Yep. Rather than being because I think that Penn State would be the program that would have made the playoff the most if it were expanded since 14, right? Yes. Penn State, Wisconsin, and Florida, I think, are the ones that would have benefited the most. And all those teams yeah. aren't making the playoff now. Yeah. But they have huge fan bases. Exactly. So um, but I guess like in the wilderness says it would be a much smaller percentage. If you took the five biggest fan bases in college football, mm. is that 5%? No, five like biggest how, fan bases in college football is larger than 5%. Yeah. Like the bit like Ohio state's fan base is probably more than 1% of all of the fans. Correct. But so I think it probably equates to somewhere around 17%, which is the results of that poll. Yeah. Yeah, funny how that works. And it's like it's just like yeah. So, and it's like I know that you're a big expand the playoff guy, but it's like it just depends on the way you view it. Like sure. I've, all people politi- always like, all politics are local. There's a reason that's a saying. And like people always think that like I'm or like people know that like I'm against the playoff or that I'm a, a homer to the blue bloods or the five star programs. But maybe that's the way I view it, and maybe that's wrong. Like I always view it as the teams that recruit the best or the teams that are built like Georgia are the teams that deserve to win the national championship, which is why I don't care for it. Right. But whereas there are other people like, well, we'd like to recruit like Georgia, but we don't. So, yeah. How about a way to make us have some fun? So, yeah. And I don't hate the other way. I think it's going to be wildly entertaining and I can't wait to discuss it with you on this podcast. But I think the way that you view college football and that is based on the team that you root for and the way that you view the rules. Like if you have a very rich fan base that wants to make it rain, you probably love NIL. Oh, if yeah. you have a fan base that doesn't have any money, you probably hate it. Like that's the way it is. So the thing that is interesting about the clock rule, Andy, is that it affects everybody the same and it's mm-hmm. really not that big of a deal, but yet you are so passionate about it one way or the other. And I think the part of the reason why I'm not passionate about it is, is I don't really think it matters all that much. I, at the end of the day, I don't really either. Like, if the if the game takes three hours and ten minutes instead of three hours and twenty one minutes, it's not going to affect me very much. Especially as long as you can still come back at the end, like as long as you still leave that. In yeah, place that was my number one fear. My fear was if you remove the late, like what was that game we were watching the UCLA game this past year? Oh, 
Well, the UCLA Fresno State game from a couple years ago was unreal. Yeah, there was a UCLA like it was a UCLA Arizona this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where UCLA scored with like, or I mean, Arizona. Wait, no, Arizona scored with like forty five seconds left, and then UCLA drove all the way down the field. And they didn't win, right. but like if the clock was running, that wouldn't have happened, and that would have stunk. We'll be right back after these words. I think you're right. I think ultimately it's it's probably not that big of a deal, but I also think you make a good point. That there have been so many changes so fast that when you add another one on top of it, you're like, okay, at what point do you just say, this is good enough? Well, here's the thing, too. It is inherently uncomfortable if you love something to not know what it's going to look like three years from now. Like that to me is is scary because NIL is just starting and we've had our share of NIL discussions and stories that, we, that we've gone through. But when realignment settles and the teams move and when NIL normalizes, whether that means the numbers get crazier or more rational, we don't really know what the sport will look like in 2027. And when you love something as much as we love the sport, that's not a great feeling. You want to know that it's going to be okay. You want to know that it's going to be what you love. Um, And it's kind of like, well, let's reassess this in five years. It's like, well, what is it going to look like in five years? What if it stinks in five years? What if it's way worse than it is now in five years? We don't. Well, if, it probably won't learn, be. If, but if we learn anything from the bad clock rules in 06, and if it really stinks, they will dial it back. They'll they'll roll it back. So. Yeah, but like you can't roll back nil. No, that's not. There, there's nothing that people. This isn't the Walmart. There's no rollback that. plan on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that is a that is a very different animal. But yeah, it, it it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting, but I, I I like our five-year moratorium. Like, yeah. make your changes in 2024, and then when, when conference realignment starts again, when the new TV contracts are up, then by all means, we'll talk about some other and changes. But let's, one let's thing, let it, Andy, let though, it sit for a while. I'm seeing a lot in the comments here, and we have to address. Everyone's like, why don't they just cut some of the commercials? It's like, yeah, that's not the reason. That. <laughs> like, that's the last. Like, they will ruin the They will end the sport before that happens. Yeah. Yeah. The, their, their job is to make more money, not less. Like... I, it's, I don't know. It is a business and it is the entertainment business. So they're going to try to entertain you, but they're going to try to make as much money as possible whilst entertaining you. That yeah, is like the what whole the score? point. Look at look Darter Man here. Put that yeah. comment up. Yep. What's the final score of that game under the new clock rules? So it says 52-49 in Nealon happened because, because of the current clock rules. Well, it's still 52-49 to 49 because in the last two minutes, you can do all that stuff. And also, they all scored in one play on every drive, so I don't know if it really would have mattered. <laughs> exactly. But well, like, if the final score of that game would have been 41 to 38, that stinks. That's the other one with this one, is I keep see- seeing people say, well, offenses will just go faster. It's physically impossible to go faster than snapping the ball within about seven and a half, eight seconds of the ball being set. And then that that's with no motion and no substitution. Georgia could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, they choose not to <laughs> yeah. strategically choose not to. But and and we've never seen a team that runs at that pace win at a, at a very high level, except when there were like two teams doing it. And nobody knew how to defend it. As soon as defenses figured out what was going on, we've not seen a team use that. Like even the teams that went lightning fast have dialed that back, and they go slow at times, and then they'll go high tempo as a changeup. But I don't think anybody's going to suddenly say. We're going to go fast. Like, one, there's only so fast you can go. Like, there's a physical limitation on that. You can't yeah. line up and, and snap the ball any faster. But Darter so. Man has a really good thought process because I think the best way to analyze this, Andy, is mm-hmm. pick your 10 favorite games 
yeah. that you've watched in the last five years, and would they be different? It's and if the question. answer to that question is no, then who cares? But if the answer is, to the question is yes, then I care. I think the thing is we don't know how they'd be different because we're thinking about what happens at the end of the game in the final two minutes. But we're not thinking about how the scores would have changed in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. So it's hard to tell. Like we're get, we actually got to see it played for a little while to yeah. see what happens. Yeah. So that that's the part that that I think is the numbers on the over unders are probably going to come down though. It's going to be harder to score more points. To, they'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. One would think. All right, Ari. We talked a lot about Notre Dame and its offensive coordinator search, and uh, did they mess up by bringing Andy Ludwig to the, to the hockey game and and showing, hey, this is who we think we're going to hire, and then they don't end up hiring him because of issues with the buyout and. Uh, or depending on who you listen to, that he changed his mind. Uh, I, again, think it was a failure of process more than than anything else. Uh, if you don't have that deal done, you don't parade him around. But Marcus Freeman got asked about that at a press conference on Monday, and I like his answer, even though it goes against everything I've been saying. Just the way he said it and and the, the confidence, I'm I'm okay with all of this. Here we go. And then maybe the experience of that hockey outing, which yeah. everyone talked about, and maybe got, got their hopes up in the fan base that, that, that something yeah. was happening right there. As it turned out, that. the guy was at the hockey game. Yeah. But what did Jared show you uh, maybe from that experience? Let's, let's hit that hockey point real quick. Yeah, it could, right? so it could be uncomfortable. With, we, we brought guys in that we want, correct? So we bring our top recruits into this place, and guess what we did with them on June day? We took him to the hockey game because Coach Jackson does an excellent job, and that's a great environment. So we're not hiding the point of that we brought a guy in that we wanted. So we took him to the hockey game, and we end up he ended up not coming here. That's okay. We, I don't want to hide because I'm worried about, well, somebody might think that this guy turned us down or this guy said, no, he made a decision that's best for him. But I don't want to hide the fact of what makes Notre Dame great. Right. If we're going to bring our top recruits to the hockey game, then why not bring an offensive coordinator candidate to the hockey game? Because why? If we don't get them, people are going to say, well, you tried and you lost. That's that's life. You know, he decided to make a, a decision that was best for him. I wouldn't change that if I had to. We want to put our best foot forward. We're not trying to hide and say, hey, let's interview guys. And, and we don't want anybody to know. Because somebody might say, you didn't get the guy you're going after. That's okay. That's life. You know, and we won't hide that. We won't, in the future, if we are interviewing somebody else, guess what? We're going to put our best foot forward and try to show them everything that's great about this place. Why hide? That's not what we want to do. Now, do I think they're going to show off the people they're interviewing at various sporting events in the future? No, I do not. But that's a hell of a spin zone by Marcus Freeman. Two questions. Two comments. All right. Okay. One comment. One question. Marcus um, Freeman is the handsomest coach in college football. Yes, yeah, he that's is true. very handsome. Yes. yes. Uh, we're gonna do a random ranking of hottest dudes in college. Okay. <laughs> in college, <laughs> college football. Stay there are dudes tuned. everywhere. Only you might fans. Have, you might have to stand. Uh, you have to, might have to pay ninety nine cents a month to get that random ranking, but you'll get it. I don't understand why everybody was freaking out about it. That's my comment. I I think it it was more. Because of what it looked like, it looked like Notre Dame was not committed to winning, was not that they wouldn't pay the buyout. And again, Pete Sampson had a great column about this. I wrote about it in the mailbag. I don't think it was a, I don't think it's a case of Notre Dame not being committed. I just think it was a, 
like I said, a failure of process. They, you, you just, you have him, like, if you're going to hire him and you get it done, then bring him to the hockey game. And if it's not done yet, then don't bring him to the hockey game. You don't have to answer all these questions. But the way that he answered it's the question was that. It's also not fair to Jared Parker, who now looks like something lesser, when he might wind up being the best possible choice. Who knows? Well, did he get to go to the hockey game? He was right there. Yeah, so he like was the, sitting right there. It's like, let's go to the hockey game. I mean, what's going on at these <laughs> hockey games, by the way? It, it, it's a lot better environment than their basketball games. Uh, <laughs> and secondly, my comment is, SMU better be in the Pac-12 because they brought George Klyavkov to a basketball game. That's right. They did. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, Marcus Freeman is smooth. And I don't know if it's like that, like, skin-tight white dress shirt and the blazer that fits perfectly, but that button by your belly button. <laughs> hey, you shop off the rack, so you you understand. I can now. I couldn't uh, before. So. But, like, I bought that. I don't, I don't, I think that, like, stuff like that, you know, yeah, if, you, it, if it, it gives you, puts you in the best position to get your guy, then do whatever you got to do. It played with me. And I will point out something Pete Sampson said on our show before the Ludwig thing even came up when they were still Tommy Reese had just left. They were looking at a couple other guys and Pete made the point of with this offensive line, with these backs with Sam Hartman, whoever they make the offensive coordinator is probably going to have success this year. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of an interesting thing too. And we'll probably talk more about this uh, during spring football and into the fall, but like this could be a transformative year for Notre Dame. Like if it's, Sam it's Hartman one, is it's a awesome. one way or the other kind of year, because yeah. like it's you seen, can't have a lot like the Marshall loss and the Stanford loss last year. You cannot have those games. I feel like if Notre Dame makes the playoff this year, which I think is a distinct possibility, everybody can make the playoff uh, two years from now. But in this year, I think that, you know, you you have a coach that is as smooth as that, that has testimony of success. And you might be on the fast track to something really good there. So uh, this and, is a very, you're very big of, year. For, yeah, you're thinking of that from a recruiting standpoint. Like this guy is going to recruit really well, which we know he's a good recruiter. Well, also, too, if you hire the right coach that can, you know, get Sam Hartman the development that he's hoping for for the NFL, which is the reason that he showed up there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hell of a sales pitch because I, I do think that they have something cooking there. Yeah, it hasn't and happened it, yet. It's an egg. I want to see it hatch. They've and, they've got a schedule that that can. I mean, if they go eleven and one against this schedule, I mean, if they're twelve and zero, they're in the playoff. But if this is a schedule that if they go eleven and one, they could still get a good in. chance they're in because they're they're playing. You know, they, they've got NC State, which could be pretty good. Obviously, Ohio State will be very good. USC, we know, is going to be good. Clemson by this point could be. Back to the you know Clemson as usual at that point. So absolutely, this is Notre this Dame going to be a good uh, a good test for for Marcus Freeman and what the future will look like. Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman right now are an egg, mm-hmm. and this season is the heat lamp, and the heat lamp has to be at the right temperature this year. And if it hatches, it could be a really pretty chicken. <laughs> I'm clipping that for the promo. Is that is that good? I mean, is oh, that a I good analogy it. or No, you're right. You're you're right. If it if it all goes well this year, it sets up for cuz the the 12 team playoff is is almost designed for Notre Dame. Like if you're Notre Dame and you go 10 and 2, you're, you're in, in that playoff. Yeah. And so, everybody thinks that you that Notre Dame has to be undefeated 
to get into the playoff. And I understand that they've gotten in once this year or this era with loss, but that was the year they were in the ACC. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's true. I think if Notre Dame were a one loss team last year, they would have gotten in. Yeah. And I, I, I just think if, if the teams on their schedule this year are, are kind of what we think they're going to be. And if somebody like, let's say Pitt or Louisville winds up being pretty good, like th- they're going to, this will be viewed as a very tough schedule. Yeah. Um, is Ohio State the opener at home this year? No. No. Tennessee Second game? State, or Sorry, they played Navy in Dublin. The home opener oh, is September Tennessee State. September 23rd is that game. Yeah. I don't think, I'm not going to go out and pick it right now, but I don't think it would be that absurd to think that Notre Dame might be in a position to win that game. Yeah. I w- well, go back to our, our podcast on Monday morning. What's the situation at quarterback going to be at Ohio mm-hmm. State? We don't know yet. The offense is probably going to be good anyway, but yeah, we we won't know. We won't know what they're going to look like yet. So it and and Notre Dame will have been tested because they'll have already played Navy and NC State at that point. So we'll have right. a pretty good idea what Notre Dame is by then. So yep. this will be this will be very good. Uh, Tom F nine seven in the chat. Twelve team playoff was literally designed by Notre Dame. That is correct. Jack Swarbrick was one of the four people helping design it. So it was literally designed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, Penn State, Notre Dame, and four. <laughs> yes, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame are like lit right now. No, oh, it's such a such a situation. I can't well, wait. You and I, s- you and I were going over our uh, our Big Ten spring tour potential destinations, and I believe Wisconsin and Penn State came up as uh, as potential visit spots. Bookends. Yeah. So I do want to do a- the 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 mayor of East Town drive. Oh, like we if, have if we to. could go from Penn State and fly out of Philly. Can we have Audrey Snyder narrate it? Yeah. Did, I'll bring did, a vape pen. Were you on the show where I where I asked her to say Wawa coffee? I wasn't, but it sounded pretty good, didn't it? <laughs> it was it was perfect. Uh, she sounded like everybody in that show. I will say when I watched Mayor of Easttown, I became very nostalgic for Penn State road games that I used to cover. It's, like I like I like that area of the country. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a great environment. Central Eastern day. Pennsylvania is insanely pretty. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like driving in there is gorgeous. So yeah. I, I'm all for that. Can't Except wait. when it's snowing. Yes, that seems a little treacherous. But but yeah, we're, we're going to be doing it at a warmer time of the year. So we're, One we're time gonna... I was driving with Doug Maurice from Columbus to State College for a basketball game in February. And there was an accident in front of us and we were at a standstill. Um legitimately the car didn't move for like four hours and i had to you know go to the bathroom on the side of the road in front of everybody oh i'm sure that was it was and it was like was a lot of pressure on you, wasn't it? yeah yeah i locked up <laughs> <laughs> it's called, it's called I, gun shy yeah that, that, that used to be much more acceptable like i remember when i was a kid my parents would pull over and be like just go yeah, and I'd go waddle. I'd go waddle off over on the side would, of the road and do my never, business. And I would never do it un, under regular circumstances. But what do you, you got to do? What you got to do? You have to do. And I'm just happy it was number one because, like, I don't know, like, what people in that situation would have done. I I leave that image with all of you. I just want you know what this this podcast is about: opening up to your friends. That's exactly right. And you know, I just want you to hear about my life story. I'm just glad you told this story today and not tomorrow because tomorrow. We're going to be recording with South Carolina coach Shane Beamer. We have lots of questions. He signed a, a very big recruiting class. He's got Spencer Rattler back for another year. Uh, the Gamecocks, I would say, have overachieved during during Beamer's tenure, but now come the expectations. So it's going to be a fun interview. 
I can't wait to talk to him about that stuff, and uh, we may have a may have a would you rather or two for Coach Beamer. So we'll, yes. we'll see what happens. But thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon.